turn around. And we start the episode. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Fine. Well, I guess it's over. Goodbye. I mean, bye. Well, so we didn't start, so it's over. It's, it's too late. Yep. <laughs> it's too late to start. The police came for me, and <laughs> Alexis didn't stop them, so it's over. <laughs> I'm not salty. Uh, they came to tell you that someone <laughs> stole your packages, and that's how they knew where you lived. Uh, Alexis didn't know that. And then to fingerprint it. It just, uh, cops came and like, are you Haley? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I know where she is, though. Let I me not say I know where she is. <laughs> Let they, me ride her out. They asked, do you know, is she home? And I said, maybe. <laughs> I'll go check upstairs. <laughs> I'll find her for you. And then I, like, awkwardly cleaned in the kitchen <laughs> while I listened. <laughs> Anyway, that anyway. was the story of when the cops came <laughs> for me. Also, a long time ago, they came. That, for the, me. the man who came is retired. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. That's one case he never solved. <laughs> anyway, welcome. Hysterical history. Hysterical history. It's a podcast about comedy and history, but mostly comedy. Hopefully, where I'm Alexis and I'm Haley. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's not me. And so do the cops. <laughs> I'm not Haley. Thanks to you, the cops also know <laughs> that you are not Haley. They know who Haley is. Mm-hmm. The cops now, know now me. They, well, they don't anymore because he retired, so. I mean, other cops have known me. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> not like a lot. That's good. <laughs> anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about a thing. <laughs> a thing to do with trenches. Well, I guess there was a trench. You said you weren't going to do that story. Oh, yeah. There's swamp land mm-hmm. time. Yes. And I got excited because it was malaria. Yeah, because <laughs> it was mosquitoes. Yes, because I was researching and Haley's like, what is it? Tell me. Tell me right now. And I'm like, you have to wait till tomorrow. And then it was <laughs> infectious disease. I'm like, I'm so excited. It's not, though. Well, <laughs> it's not infectious disease. I think well, you'll still be excited, though. Because today we're talking about animals that have been used in war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to hear about all the explosives that people put on animals. No, not like that. Sometimes. Mostly not that. Sometimes. <laughs> we're going to talking about some specific animals that are mostly American animals. Oh, okay. That are heroes. I was going to say, we talked about uh, war elephants and war pigs. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you have talked about a few different <laughs> war animals. Um, mine are more like specific animals. Mm-hmm. Like, they have names. Oh. And they do things We're talking about war heroes who happen to be animals. Mostly. Some of them yes. are dishonorable animals. Some of them are just, it's kind of a, an amalgamation some of them are like mascots. They're not really in the war. Oh. Some of them are like fundraising animals. Oh. Some of them are animals that were used in weapons. Are you going to talk about or as weapons? The bear? No. Oh, he's my favorite. He's good. I do like him a lot. <laughs> they had he a was bear. in the consideration, but uh, I found some a couple really good stories that I had to tell you. So we'll probably do more than one of these. Okay. Um, cool. Because there's a lot of them. There's a, quite a few I did not include in my current episode. And I should say before we begin, there is one uh, in the rotation of today that was requested by our good friend Lane Valentine. Lane so, uh, Valentine. This is for you, Lane. 
who is... I'll say his whole name because he's our friend. <laughs> I, he sounds like he's a detective noir. Yeah, like a cartoon character. Yeah. But he not. Mm. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, one of these, well, and when we get there, I'll tell you which one that he was excited about, which if you know much about Lane will not be surprising. Okay. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about bees. Bees! <laughs> Is it bees? Bees, not the bees! Bees? Question mark? Bees? It's one of my favorite cards against humanity. <laughs> cards? Bees? Bees? Because it's with a, a question mark. Bees? Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> and now we're being attacked by bees? Bees! So at the Battle of Tanga in German East Africa, which is currently Kenya, mm-hmm. uh, during World War One. The British are invading to attack the Germans, mm-hmm. but they are all attacked by a swarm of bees. <laughs> Africa's like, you never seen my bees. I'm going to spit bees on both y'all. I have killer bees. Uh, and it causes the British attack to fail, <laughs> and the swarm uh, drives off one of their inter- or infantry regiments like entirely. Oh, they wow. just run away. Oh, wow. So the British lose because of that. Um, in the British propaganda, they said that the Germans threw a bee attack on them, like it was on purpose. <laughs> uh-huh. Instead of also saying the Germans were also attacked by bees, they just still fought. <laughs> they just kind of sucked it up. They just kept doing it. Yeah, they said there were trip wires that caused the agitation of bees. Can you imagine? That led to their downfall. Can you imagine if you, like... You sprung a tripwire, and suddenly there were just bees. Oh, it's horrible. That sounds like a Skyrim trap. It's, but also horrifying. Like, I'm pretty afraid of bees, so I don't like I it. I mean, usually I'd say it wasn't that horrifying, but the bees get nasty in Africa. Oh, yeah. They get. They have to deal with so much worse than uh, the America's oh, bees. Yeah. I don't blame, like, these, you know, white people for running away from these bees because no. they're not used to this level of bee. You, you hear about um, killer bee behavior, mm-hmm. and they'll, like, chase you over miles. Oh, yeah. And, like, people will get into ponds and, like, try to, like, breathe through little air tubes. Right. And the bees will just wait. They'll know. They'll just like, you're coming up sometime. Eventually, you got to come up. Eventually, you got to leave. And you're like, can't you just leave me alone? And they're like, no, I got to kill no, you. You're my enemy now. So another bee story. During the Vietnam War. Bees? In the 1960s and 70s, the Viet Cong gorillas were uh, apparently carefully located next to wild hives. Um, for the Asian giant honeybee. Oh. And then uh, when people came by, they would light fireworks near them to make them angry so that they'd attack the enemy soldiers. (laughs) So that time it was a trap. How big is the giant honeybee? I don't know. I don't know if that's real. Whoa. But it's big. Whoa. That's a big bee. That is Pokemon size. It's fake. Oh, no. Those are, that's more of them. I mean. Ooh, next to small bees. Oh, they're so big. They're humongous. I don't think that's the right species. It said Ooh. it's a hornet, though. I don't know. A honeybee. That said a giant hornet, yeah. This said giant honeybee, but it's still real big. Wow. That's still a big boy. Big. Compared to our honeybees. Our little, like, invisible insects. <laughs> little babies. Okay, now I want to talk to you about bats. Baps. Sky puppies. Aw, oh, well. Some of them. Sometimes. Yeah. If they're the, uh, the macro-droptera, mm-hmm. uh, 
where they are. Flying foxes and generally eat fruit. It's true. And live in more tropical realms. Cute. But they also tend to carry diseases. And, uh, you know, they're cute until they're chasing you through your apartment, and then they're not as cute, which has happened to me. Yes. And I had to hide in the bathroom. And they might have rabies, which is... I was very worried. Um... Always fatal if you don't get it treated. I was also worried that I was going to get it, even though I knew it didn't touch me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, maybe it did touch me. You don't know sometimes. Sometimes the scratches and bites are just like yeah. so small. They didn't. It didn't get near me, though, really. Yeah. Like it was too high up and just followed me through the rooms because yeah. I think it was just confused. That happens sometimes. People just like get tiny little mm-hmm. cuts and they like don't think about it. Yeah. But uh, I'm okay. <laughs> But the United States during World War II was up to some shenanigans, mm-hmm. and they decided to build a bat bomb. <laughs> I've heard of it. Which is, uh, they're going to attack Japan with it after Pearl Harbor because we're real salty. And they're uh-huh. like, you know what we could do? Bats. <laughs> you know, what if we bats? So they're going to put a thousand live bats into a bomb and put tiny incendiary. Wait, wait is that right? Did you say that correctly? What? They're putting bats inside the bomb? Yeah. That seems so dumb. <laughs> why not I mean, just why not just like affix tiny bombs to the bats? No, so the bomb isn't gonna explode. It's just gonna deposit the bats. Still. It's just a device. <laughs> just like release them out of the plane did or you something. Say that correctly? Just, I did. I'll show you a picture in a minute. Uh, so yeah, they're gonna put a thousand live bats in the bomb. They're going to put tiny incendiary devices on each bat, and then all the bats are going to be housed inside a casing that can be dropped on Japan. Oh, my God. So they're like a round of bomb. So oh it will God. blow up, but, like, not on them. Oh, my God. And the idea is that the bats are going to fly away when, yeah. when it gets dropped, when it opens up. Mm. And then they're hopefully going to land on... The roofs of the houses that are wooden with uh-huh. their little incendiary devices, and it's going to set all the houses on fire. Yeah, what's uh, stopping the bats from flying backwards? <laughs> or just away. <laughs> or just, like, in into the forest or, or something. Into the ocean, whatever. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. That is often a problem when people put bombs on animals. <laughs> Is that they get scared and they, they just don't go where they're supposed they to go. They run back to their masters. They're like, I'm scared. I do. Well, it's like, I guess they could fly back to the plane, but it's metal, so they're not worried about it. Like, it can't set us on fire, probably. Yeah. Um, but it was taken seriously because the uh, plan was given to First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt by a friend of hers. And she was like... Oh my God. Hey, FDR, we should do that. Hey, my girlfriend said we should put bats in a bomb. And he's like, whatever you say, honey. Whatever. So he proposed that plan in 1942, and they spent $2 million trying to get it to work. I would love to watch video of them trying to make that work. <laughs> Being like one of the scientists. Yeah, on that. just trying to logically put the bats, get the bats in, and then when they come out, try to figure out what they're doing. You have to design the little, the little bat harnesses. Just ridiculous. Just the tiniest little harness <laughs> for a tiny little animal. Uh, they use more than 6,000 bats during these bat bomb tests, um, and most of them plunge straight to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's too heavy. You gotta make it smaller. <laughs> or they just flew away. <laughs> Well, Bye. Oh, gosh. And then you just, like, meet one in the wild. You're like, oh, what is that? It just explodes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. But they did apparently manage to set uh, fire to a simulated Japanese village in 
that they had, like, for testing. Uh, it doesn't count. Um, a U.S. Army hangar also. <laughs> and the general's car before <laughs> <laughs> they abandoned the program. Oh. They're like, this is a bad idea. The general's car. That's when it goes too far. That's when it's over. That's too this far. That's what the canister looks like for the bats. Bat bomb canister. That's what it is. It's very... Hmm. It's very Batman, isn't it? <laughs> it's got holes in it so they can breathe. I mean, bat bomb canister is literally a thing Batman has in his <laughs> yeah. belt, it's you know? <laughs> yep. Okay, now we're going to talk about a specific aminal. A specific. So, during uh, World War II, there's a lot of, like, roadside attractions that travel across the country that you can go see. Mm-hmm. And people are real excited about because TV still isn't really a thing. And so they have nothing to do. Yeah. And so uh, they would go and visit whatever's coming by. And oh, and one of the places that people go to when they drive around, like, you know, on the highways and things, it'll be like, hey, stop by this uh, is a memorial stone of King Neptune. Oh. Who's the only royal member of the U.S. Navy. Where was this? Um, I don't know where he is. Cause if I it's was, in America. If I was driving through, uh, like, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and I saw King Neptune, I'd be like, there's no way he made it this far inland. <laughs> That's a lie. There's no way. Um, he's in Illinois, it says. Uh, I mean... Why would he? Why would he go? Why would he be there? I mean, maybe he swam up the lakes, but like, <laughs> what a way to go! What a weird place to be. <laughs> so King Neptune is a pig. Oh, his job is to go to a World War II fundraising roast dinner and be the roast. Oh, wait! Every time? No, <laughs> just the one time they're gonna eat him. <laughs> okay, that's his like, job. He's like pig Jesus. <laughs> no, <laughs> and you will eat my flesh <laughs> and multiply. Uh, but apparently he's a real handsome pig, so people there like him. Mm. They're like, that's a pretty pig. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty pig you and, got. And so the guys there are like, instead of him being. <laughs> We can't eat him. He's too purdy. Instead of eating him, let's make him the entertainment. <laughs> oh, my God. Illinois, you had one job. Uh, so he becomes the show. Oh, my God. Um, he's ceremoniously presented to the public oh who can God. buy parts of him, uh, such as bristles and squeals. Oh, my gosh. This is like... A weird, almost dark comedy. And he's jokingly auctioned for war bonds. <laughs> That's cute. So they auction him, but, like, they, they, know, they don't sell him to anyone. Yeah. He is an instant hit. People love him. You they have, have nothing to do. You have pictures, right? Uh, I think so. Because I have to see this handsome pig. I gotta see the handsome pig. This pig that was so handsome that people, <laughs> like... I have, I have a drawing of him. <laughs> That doesn't count. He's so cute. Um, hold on. This explains why you were doing all that animal searching the other <laughs> yeah. day. Just every five seconds. Look at this cute pig. Cute. I like pigs. There you go. Here he is. Pig. Uh, it's not that handsome. <laughs> He's cute. You're not being very nice. He's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> He's a million-dollar pig. But so, uh... I mean, so is, like, half of Wall Street. That doesn't <laughs> mean I wouldn't, like, not eat them. Right. It's fair. Um, so, it's pretty soon people are like, we got to get that pig at our fundraiser. <laughs> we got to get the pig. All across America. 
um, and his shows become more elaborate. He's wearing silver earrings and a golden <laughs> crown. So I'm like, why are you putting silver and gold to get? It's so it clashes. You can't. So garish. Don't do this. He Pie. doesn't deserve this. He's royalty. Pearls before swine. <laughs> Put pearls on him. <laughs> uh, oh, so he's a Hereford swine, so his natural colors are red and white. Oh, my god! And so they put a blue blanket on him, and they're like, America. He's the real Captain <laughs> He's America. He's actual America. He's actual Captain America. <laughs> they just <clears throat> paraded him around, like, with mm-hmm. dancing girls. And, right. Oh, my god! But it's a pig. But it's which is so appropriate in a way. Hmm. 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 Yeah, he's basically what Captain America's story is about in the first Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, they're going to, like, ship him overseas and put him in a real battle, and he's going to lose his best friend on a train. Yeah, and punch a Nazi in the face. And then they say they ate him, maybe, but uh, he ends up actually time-traveling via iceberg. Yeah, (laughs) of course. So how much money do you think Neptune made across the country for America? Um, For the war bonds. A million and a half dollars. Nineteen million dollars. Oh, my god! Which, adjusted for inflation, is $250 million. That's, like, too much that money. big That's <laughs> too much. A bank. He's making bacon. Yeah, he could be a bank all by himself. <laughs> um, most of which went towards, apparently, the construction of the USS Illinois. So maybe that's why they buried him in Illinois? I don't oh, know. sure. Um, but he was hailed a hero because of his <laughs> his efforts for the war at home. If he did open a financial institution, it would be a banking. That wasn't that good. <laughs> um, but because it, and he's allowed to retire. So to, yeah, he to retires a, to a farm upstate. Yeah, I've he heard. actually retires on a farm. I've heard it before. They um, ate him. They ate him. And when he just dis- when he died, he received a funeral with military honors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they did the oh 21 God. gun salute and put oh the flag on Oh, my God. It's incredible. Okay, so this one is... <laughs> I can't believe that. This one is the one that Lane wanted me to look up. Okay. Um, and his name is Nils. Nils. Guess where he's from. Uh, uh, I don't know. And he uh, he's a penguin. Oh. Uh, so oh, girl. Each time the King's Guard goes to the zoo... Nils, the penguin, receives a promotion. Why? So, uh... Why? He didn't do anything. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) He didn't do anything. Uh, That's nepotism. He was promoted to sergeant in 1987 after the first Nils died. So this is a new one. But they just name him the same thing and keep promoting him. Uh, Imagine if promotion worked like that. Yeah, the first Nils Olaf dies, and then he was replaced by a two-year-old who was named Nils Olaf the second. Oh my! This is literally a monarchy of penguins. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and then we gave it to a new one who was two, and he was—he's a baby. <laughs> he was a baby, but we gave him an even bigger crown. It's incredible. Uh, sometime after his knighting. Oh Sir God. Nils died oh my God. and was replaced by another lookalike who was promoted during the regiment's most recent visit, and that was on August 22nd, 2016, um, becoming Brigadier Sir Nils Olav III. <laughs> That's very cute. So the reason they do this was because in 1913, to commemorate the Edinburgh Zoo's opening, Norwegian citizen Christian Salvensen uh, presented the zoo with its first king penguin like that they'd ever had. Uh, Weird. 
gift. Where did you get a penguin? He's just, I don't know. He just has one. <laughs> Where did he get a penguin? <laughs> this Norwegian man. <laughs> what? I don't know. He just has one. Um, but it says paving the way for positive pro-penguin relations. <laughs> I guess. Between Scotland and Norway from that day forward. <laughs> Where are they getting the penguins? <laughs> I don't know. They aren't native to Norway. Sure aren't. Obviously. Southern Hemisphere. Uh, what? Uh, in 1961, <laughs> fast forward a bit, uh-huh. as part of their routine visit to the Edinburgh Military Tattoo, an annual international army display. Tattoo? Tattoo. Uh, the Norwegian Kingsguard happened upon the zoo's penguin exhibit. So Just they go back. Happened upon it. And Lieutenant Nils uh, Eglian... Agelian oh my gosh. was enchanted by the waddling birds. Enchanted. He loves those penguins, and, and so does Lane. Ooh, look at him waddle. Look at the waddle. Oh. And he comes back in 1972 with the intent of adopting one for the Army's new mascot. <laughs> oh, my God. They're like, you know what our mascot's going to be? This penguin right here. <laughs> this penguin. And so he did, and they named it Nils Olav, both for the penguin-loving lieutenant and Oma. An homage to Olav V, the king of Norway at the time. Oh, yeah. So upon his adoption, Nils Olav was immediately given the title of uh, vice corporal or lance corporal, the lowest rank to a non-commissioned officer. <laughs> I was going to say, he's not, like, doing so hot. Um, but then when they return, they always promote him. Mm, okay. So, uh, but in a decade after his uh, first adoption, Norway's mascot became Corporal N- Nils Olav. What what is uh, what are they mm-hmm. at now? Uh, I said at the beginning, uh, Brigadier Sir Nils Olav the Third. Oh my God! You're gonna run out of ranks pretty soon. I mean, at some point they're gonna have to like u- Uber Emperor, <laughs> <laughs> Supreme Overlord Nils <laughs> Olav the Eighteenth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. So there wasn't a lot about that, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway, Lane. Oh, my god. There gosh. you go. That's Nils. Nils. So he's not actually in combat. Uh, we. I mean, I don't know. However, the next two animals I have quite a good story for, and they are in combat. There are, I mean, has no one put a bomb on a penguin, or is that... <laughs> Or is that just, like, dolphins and seals and stuff? I mean, they probably have. Because <laughs> you can train dolphins. I'm pretty sure they Mine put... are not animals with which are only bomb vessels. These are animals <laughs> who are... These are soldiers? They are soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this one I heard about from Giles Milton's book, When Hitler Took Cocaine and Lennon Lost His Brain. So thanks, Giles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read a couple different articles about him. He's very famous, this boy. Uh, and he's a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> this pigeon boy. This pigeon. Which is incredible. We almost ran over a pigeon <laughs> yeah. in the car. The other day. Because it I just, swerved out of the way. It just wouldn't get out of the road. <laughs> so, pigeons are so stupid sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to teach you a little bit about uh, messenger pigeons, carrier pigeons. So they've been used to carry messages since at least the 6th century B.C. when Persian King Cyrus used it to communicate with distant parts of the empire. Because by then, they're getting kind of big. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's too far to go. So he's just like, what if I use this bird? And apparently it works. So, Pigeon mail. Good for you. P-mail. Uh, <laughs> good old P-mail. Uh, but like many species of birds, uh, pigeons have innate homing abilities uh, because of the, like, they understand, like, the direction of the Earth's magnetic field. Yeah. So they know where to go. Uh, they do have to be shown where to go. Yeah. Like, you got to get them from the place to the place, and then they can be like, oh, okay, I can go back there. 
that's cool. Uh, but you got to get them there first. Uh, and during a four-month siege of Paris by Prussians in 1870, 1871, Parisians were trapped inside the city, and they used pigeons to communicate with their compatriots outside the city because they were all shut in. So it has been done previously to this. I'm, I'm, I guess, war, I mean, and it seems recent like war. easy to look up, but it always is confusing to me. Like, how do the pigeons know which person to go to? Hmm. Like, when they, like, why not just go, like, to somewhere else that they have previously been? I don't think it's that they specifically know the person, maybe, necessarily. They know, I think, the area. Mm-hmm. So you have them go to, like, your base camp. Yeah. You know, so, like, you're going to, and you're going to stay there. So that they know, and they know where they came from. Yeah. So they'll just go back where they came from, I think, mm-hmm. is mostly it. Less so than they know, I don't think they know specific people. I don't think they're like crows, where they're like, I know oh, who you yeah. are. But just like, you know, them being like, I mean, I've been to this place before, and there's just like the opposite side of the army yeah. there. And it's like, oh, <laughs> hello. thanks for this letter detailing their plans. <laughs> thanks, pigeon. Yeah, if they, if they take over your main crap, you're doomed. Uh-huh. So. Careful. Pigeons have no idea. <laughs> they have no loyalty. <laughs> they would sell your soul to Satan mm-hmm. for a cracker. They really would. So pigeon usage in war reaches the peak in <laughs> World War One, um, which is like before they have radio <laughs> really like super available. So it's very useful. And they, yeah. they use more than 200,000 messenger pigeons um, just by the Allied forces alone. That's too many pigeons. That's a lot. Can you, like, it's so funny because in <laughs> war movies, I never think about 80,000 pigeons in the air, but. When's the last time you saw a pigeon in a war movie? <laughs> there should be a whole movie about this pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm about to get to. So on October 2nd, 1918, uh, so we're in World War I. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major Charles Whittlesey uh, and his American troop, he has 554 soldiers in total, and they're ordered to advance on the uh, German-controlled Argonne Forest in northern France. Okay. The issue with the Argonne Forest is that it is essentially a giant gorge in the middle. (laughs) Which is very not uh, good. Yeah, tactically perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a quote from Giles that says, "It is easy to defend and almost impossible to attack." Um, and they're starting on the bottom part, mm-hmm. so it's not good. Yeah, and the Germans are up here laughing at them from yeah. two hundred feet in the air. Tee above. How do you laugh in German? I don't know. Probably like that. <laughs> Just like, um, He has the 77th division with him. They're also nicknamed the Metropolitans because they're all from New York. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. From the Lower East, east Side. Oh, no. Uh, which means they're very multicultural. Uh, apparently, between the 554 men he has, they speak 42 languages. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Um, doesn't help you fight, though. Uh, and some of them weren't even trained how to throw grenades. Oh, that's so... That's like a thing you should train people to do. Yeah. Uh, Especially because you might have to even just throw one back. You yeah. have to throw it mm-hmm. first. Do you, this is a grenade. You have to throw it. You have to also take the <laughs> yeah. pin out. Yeah, right? They're just throwing them. <laughs> It's a problem. Uh, it's something you should definitely train people on. So America's like, here's a week of boot camp. Go! And then Go! They're like, okay. Um, so, and then they're having them advance on this giant ravine. And the problem, actually, despite it being very difficult, is that they do too well. Oh, um, they advance too far, and then they get trapped. 
uh, by the Germans before the Allied forces can come and join them. Oh, no. New York. Yeah, because they're supposed to be, the Allied forces are supposed to be flanking while they're down there, so, like, that the Germans are distracted. Yeah. And they're going to come up and get them. But they go too far too fast, and then the Allied forces aren't there in time. So then they're just stuck. Yeah. In the hole. <laughs> 200 feet down. In from the hole. the Germans. And they got a problem because now they're trapped. Um, and the Germans are shooting at them from above. Pew, pew. Like, just like, this is weird. Like literal fish in a barrel. Yeah. Um, it's weird that you've done this, but we will shoot you. And they can't retreat because if they start running the other way, like they're just all going to get picked off and they're all going to die. Yeah. They're like hiding behind rocks and stuff just to like survive. And so they're like, this sucks. Um... And their wireless equipment doesn't work in the ravine. Oh, great. At all. But luckily, they have three <laughs> carrier pigeons luckily, with them. we have pigeons. We have the boy who's been carrying the pigeons the whole time. Pigeon boy. Uh, <laughs> pigeon guy. <laughs> pigeon corporal. <laughs> Get up here. No, he's a cadet. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Oh, no. Pigeon cadet. So on their way in, I told you they had 554 people. On the way in, they lost 300 people. Uh, Which is more than half. Fair. <laughs> I mean, you did a stupid. So he, he uh, the major, writes on the note. He writes, many wounded, we cannot evacuate. <laughs> and he puts it on the pigeon and he goes, go. <laughs> go. Uh, immediately gets and, shot. Yeah, immediately killed by Germans. <laughs> oh, no, was it? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Pigeons. So he's got two more chances. In my mind, the uh, the pigeons are all corporals. <laughs> they probably are. Or like sergeants. Yeah. And the, the person who holds them is just a cadet. Right. Just a loser. And he's like, <laughs> respect your superior officer. <laughs> They're like, no, our officers. <laughs> no. Military funeral for every pigeon. <laughs> the second pigeon, he the note he writes says, men are suffering. Can support be sent? <laughs> Why would you send a different message? Like, that was the problem? He sends a different one every time. <laughs> Why? Because he sends this one. Also, bam, dead pigeon. It's like, well, the message that I'm sending is clearly the issue. Yeah. So now he's got one pigeon left. <laughs> oh, no. It's his prize pigeon. No. And his name is Cherami. No. Cherami. Um, which is like dear friend. Yeah, like my beautiful friend. Yeah. My perfect friend. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, you had no friends growing up. It was only you and Sergeant Pigeon. And since we sent the last pigeon, we have a new problem. Uh-huh. Since minutes ago. It's um, a shower of feathers coating us. <laughs> no. Uh, so the Germans have been shooting at them from above. But now Americans have arrived in planes mm-hmm. and are dropping artillery on the Germans... <laughs> But that's falling through the crack to the Americans who are on the ground. Nice. So now they're being hit with friendly fire from their own people. Yeah, nice. So on Cherami, he writes a note that says, We are along the road parallel to 276.4. Our artillery is dropping a barrage directly on us. For heaven's sakes, stop it. (laughs) Knock it off. (laughs) Stop it. Ah! I just love it. He's like, calm down. (laughs) The notes are getting increasingly more detailed and angry. Yeah, it's good. Um, So he ties it to Cherami, and he like... (laughs) Tries to wait for an opening where there's just not as much shooting happening. And so then he throws him. Metal. Go. <laughs> Don't get hit by artillery fire. Go. Go. And the Germans see him and are like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> they're playing duck hunt. They're so excited. I know. <laughs> And they're like, pew, 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 a I whole mean, bunch of shooting. Listen, even if you don't like shooting and killing humans, you love shooting birds. Hell yeah. Like something moves and you're like, yes. It's fun. 
And they're probably real bored because <laughs> they've probably been there for days. Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, I killed a pigeon. <laughs> Bird. And so they start shooting at it, but Cherami is dodging and weaving. <laughs> He's a good pigeon. There's a reason why <laughs> Cherami has gotten all those promotions. He's the pigeon. And so he's like, bam, 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 dodge and weave. Um, but eventually the Germans hit him too. No. Yep. I said Jeremy <laughs> was a sergeant. He's probably like a captain. And they watch him fall. Like the Americans all see him falling from the sky and they're all like, oh, God. Because that's like their last hope. And they're just like real depressed. <laughs> so and now I say now, to myself, they're going to get killed. Wonderful world. <laughs> exactly. In the movie. And now they're going to get killed not only by the Germans, but by the Americans. Their own people are going to kill them. And they're just like, this sucks. If only we had more pigeons. So uh, the Germans stopped shooting because the pigeons did. Because they just shot like a lot to kill that pigeon. It just like randomly. Um, but now the pigeons hit. So they're like, great, whatever. So they stop firing. And then all the Americans gasp because Cherami gets back up. What? <laughs> He starts flying. Jeremy! He's going. And uh, everybody freaks out, but he flies up <laughs> when, like, the Germans aren't looking anymore. Oh, my god! he effing gets out of there. VIP! It's like he waited. <laughs> MVP is what you mean. <laughs> what did I say? VIP. What's that mean? Very important person. I mean, he could be very... Very important pigeon. Yeah. Usually VIP, though, is like you're rich and important, whereas MVP is like you're the most valuable pigeon on our team. <laughs> That's like a more, it's a sports MVP thing. is most valuable pigeon. Yeah, daily. exactly. You meant that. VIP is very important person. MVP is the most valuable pigeon. <laughs> anyway. Haley, obviously Come I don't, on. obviously I don't watch sports. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But, uh, so he gets up and he flies away and now the Germans, I think, like, personally, I think he waited until the shooting stopped and then got up. <laughs> Like, because he's smart. Yeah. It's not his first war. No, he's a smart pigeon. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he gets up and he flies away when nobody's looking. And an hour later, the <laughs> Americans uh, who are up top see a pigeon. Holy ball! Flying towards them. And they're like, oh, a message. It's Cher Ami. And it is Cher Ami. Uh, he has been shot through the breast and blinded in one eye. Holy crap. And he still made Holy it. crap. He's a hero. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> His leg that the message is hanging or is is on is hanging on by a tendon, a single tendon of his uh, leg uh, that the message is on. So if he lost uh, that leg, he would have lost the whole message. Oh my god! They've just been like, why is he here without a leg? <laughs> why is this pigeon here? <laughs> so they get the message. They stop firing immediately. The troops have to stay there for four more days before backup can get there. Uh, they're called Whittlesey's Lost Battalion. Oh. Um. But uh, backup comes up and they're okay. Okay. Not totally lost. No. I just imagine Just them, lost for like a week. Like a sport game, you know? Yeah. When all hope is lost and then you get that, that home run that yeah. you need. Yeah. That that like, that hitter that just gets yeah. to the back of the field. It's incredible. And everyone's just like, And it's a pitcher. Oh! <laughs> yeah! He's the real hero. And he becomes a hero. And so does Sherami. <laughs> the, the major also does. Does uh, does Sherami get a purple heart? Uh, I'll tell you in a second what he gets. So he had 
already delivered 12 important messages before this ever happened. So he was already doing the work. But then this is like his crowning achievement yeah. of like he's been wounded. <laughs> it's amazing. He's blind in one eye and he still did it. Yeah. Um, especially flying out of a hole in the ground. It's like you're so easy to get even before you get up above it. Yeah. In the um, face of artillery fire, bullets. Yeah. Incredible. Nice. Uh, they had to amputate his leg. Share me. Uh, um, is it amputate if you just kind of pull, pull it off? <laughs> but they carved him a wooden leg. Oh, he has a, he has a prosthetic leg. He has a little wooden leg. It's so cute. A little peg leg bird. Dude, when I read this in the book, I cried. <laughs> I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> This it was the embarrassing. I was like, I've never cried about a pigeon before, <laughs> but this is a lot. This bird has done everything. I was everything. like, I have to tell you about Jeremy. He's a beautiful boy. This bird has redeemed his entire species. Uh, so he sailed back to America, and General Pershing hit, like personally saw him off. Like oh. A famous general was like, you go, buddy. <sighs> my friend. Um, he got a Croix de Guerre, which is a cross of war medal. Oh, my gosh. Um, and he also later became a member of the Racing Pigeon Hall of Fame. Oh. <laughs> yeah. How many pigeons are in that? I don't know. <laughs> Is that, like, hard to get into? <laughs> I don't know. Could I get into but that? But he was pretty important, I guess. Wow. So he died on June 13th, uh, 1919, but they stuffed him, oh. and he's in the Smithsonian. Oh. With other famous war animals. <laughs> I didn't know uh, they had a section on war animals until this. Smithsonian's a big place. It is. <laughs> and to be fair, they don't always have all their stuff up on display. It's true, but I'm apparently I think they said he is on display currently. I'm going to make a beeline when I go for sure <laughs> on me. I'm like, where's that pigeon? Bees? I want to see his little wooden leg. <laughs> He's an American hero. <laughs> and then the last animal I have to tell you about is uh, named Sergeant Reckless. Oh. hmm He's just too reckless. So Sergeant Reckless is named after a rifle that's called Reckless. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a recoilless rifle, so oh. super useful. Uh, and it's six feet long and weighs over 100 pounds. Yeah, oh. So it doesn't recoil, but she heavy, and you can't just carry her <laughs> it doesn't, around. It doesn't recoil because you can't pick it up. <laughs> Uh, it usually requires three or four Marines to carry it around battlefields. <laughs> this is during the Korean War. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, gosh. Lugging it is dangerous but necessary because that rifle, um, the soldiers nicknamed Reckless, uh, could fire 75-millimeter shell thousands of yards with surgical <laughs> like surgical precision. So, bam, so bam, it's bam. a portable cannon is what we're kind of talking yeah, about. Yeah, but like really precise cannon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a really, really accurate machine gun. So mm-hmm. they're like, we need her. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to risk four people's lives just to carry it around. <laughs> she is my bae. Eric Peterson, he's in the recoilless rifle platoon in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Marines. And he's like, I think there's a better way to do this. Uh, and War so rhinos. <laughs> I saw a picture of a rhino that had armor on. <laughs> so that <laughs> might have been a thing. Um, but not here. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to a nearby stable, Lieutenant Peterson, and he finds this boy uh, on a racetrack in Seoul. And the boy's sister had stepped on a landmine, and she lost her leg. Mm. And so his family is trying to get a prosthetic leg for her, but they can't afford it. And so Peterson comes in, and he's like, hey, I'll buy that horse from you um, so that you can get the prosthetic. 
right? Uh, and so he pays him $250, which in, like, the 60s is a lot, mm-hmm. um, for the horse. And they're sad to let the horse go, but they're like, that's okay. Because they want her leg, <laughs> which is from this war, probably. Mm-hmm. Hooray! Um, originally, the horse uh, is named Achim Hai, which means morning flame. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got, like, the scariest horse. <laughs> and she pretty. <laughs> Um, she's, she is a she, she's a mare, uh, and they rename her Sergeant Reckless because she's going <laughs> to carry the gun. I, yeah, uh, I love when ladies get officer positions. Mm-hmm, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, uh, bred to be a racehorse, so she's not like a great pack animal necessarily, but apparently she's bred also with a different kind of horse in Korea. She's like a fourth or something of this horse that's like a real, like, sturdy horse, mm-hmm. so she's still, like, decently good at it. Yeah. And, uh... She isn't going to, like, snap at the legs if you put something heavy on no, her. No, she's pretty beefy. She's just also fast, which is great. <laughs> beefy, fast, uh, angry, full of fire. Perfect. Uh, so he puts Reckless through what's called uh, their equine version of boot camp, <coughs> which they call hoof camp. Hoof camp. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so cute. So they would acclimate them to, like, really loud noises so they don't run away. And they teach them... Um, you know, they like carrying stuff and everything. They apparently teach them how to lay down in a trench, which is the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like it's precious. Lay it's down. Like, lay down. Um, and they had like apparently eventually Reckless can understand hand commands and just uh, can do a lot of different like oh my tricks gosh. on the field. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Death tricks. She's incredible. <laughs> yeah. They teach them uh, how to go up and down hills and everything, like everything she'd need to do. And uh, they carry her to... Or they train her to carry a gun and nine of the heavy 24-pound shells, but also lie down when she's under fire. So that she starts hearing shots, she's right mm-hmm. to the ground. Um, avoid barbed wire and crouch in foxholes and run from incoming fire. That's adorable. It's incredible. Wow. <laughs> like, what? That's that's a lot of training for one horse. <laughs> yeah. But they're doing it. Pretty short amount of time. Yeah. Just a couple weeks, and they're like, great. You're good. Uh she apparently really liked to eat with the soldiers. Um, she would eat bacon, scrambled eggs, coffee for breakfast. <laughs> she liked to snack on candy bars and Coke. Just one of the boys. Coca-Cola. And I was like, I like her. Very. They made an American out of her. She'd also eat hats and blankets. <laughs> She's a murder horse. And per- poker chips. Oh, my gosh. They're crunchy. She's like, I will eat anything. <laughs> Whatever. I will eat souls. I will eat hats. I will eat candy bars. Uh, I do not care. <laughs> one of the soldiers, uh, like, had an interview, right, about working with her, and he said, it was crazy what she ate. She had this <laughs> wonderful, sturdy constitution and disposition. Yeah. <laughs> she could do it. I um, love how fond they are of her. She also, uh, of course, she's an animal in war, so they're going to give her alcohol. Yeah. She, she drinks with the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a quote that says, in fact, on the day after an armistice silenced the guns over Korea, the horse had been seen staggering around camp <laughs> yeah. after perhaps having one too many <laughs> the night before when celebrating with the platoon. Uh, fittingly, an Illinois brew now serves a Sergeant Reckless American Pale Ale. Oh, so that she very, has a beer named after her. Cute. Gosh, you have Precious. to uh, give a horse a lot of alcohol. I know. <laughs> to make them like, stumble. Jeez. 
But she's then a again, big girl. Soldiers are heavy drinkers, so it's true. They're like, hell yeah, whatever, <laughs> do it. Whatever, whatever the sergeant wants, whatever she, gets. she wants. So first, she's not a real sergeant. They mm-hmm. just call her Sergeant Reckless, but she uh, doesn't. She hasn't risen to that uh, actual rank. But after two years. The commander of the 1st Marine Division is so impressed and grateful for her that he gives her an official promotion to a sergeant. He's like, she's trained better than any of you schmucks. Which means that she is higher ranked than a lot of the men there. Yeah. The horse. outranked all of them. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, her fellow soldiers took that rank seriously. And uh, enough that when, like... Uh, lower cadets would be frustrated or do something to her <laughs> that they would threaten to court martial for disrespecting her. Oh my gosh, amazing. Like, she's your superior officer. She is your superior. Do you want to be court martialed cadet? You are a maggot and you have done nothing for this country. <laughs> she's she is your CO a- and you will be court martialed. <laughs> she is a hero. <laughs> <laughs> it's so incredible. Wow. She's off, like, chewing on, like, barbed wire. There's a standing order that no soldiers are allowed to ride on her, uh, not only out of respect for her, but also because she is too valuable to risk injuring. So they're like, don't touch her. Don't. Mm-mm. Uh, she carries supplies and ammunition to dangerous outposts, and she so she would go to where the soldiers are, you know, like from their base camp, carrying uh, ammunition to them, and then she'd take injured soldiers back. Mm-hmm. So just bing, 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 bing. Um... And uh, in 1953, she was present at one of the most storied battles of the Korean War. I don't know anything about the Korean War, so here you go. Yeah. Um, Surprise, uh, American schools do not teach a lot about it. Don't know. Uh, Which is the Battle (laughs) of Outpost Vegas. Mm -hmm. Uh, That saw over a thousand American soldiers and twice as many Chinese soldiers killed in three days of fighting. No, no. So it's brutal. Yeah. And in a single day of the battle, Sergeant Reckless made 50 trips across rice paddies and up steep mountain trails on the front lines back and forth. Holy balls. Scaling a 45-degree incline. Oh, my god! By herself. I've already mentioned it once, but she is a Skyrim horse. (laughs) She's incredible. She do not care about physics. It's so true. Um, And she would make that... At first, she made that trek with a Marine leading her back and forth, but mm-hmm. eventually they had too many casualties, and they couldn't let anyone go, and she's doing it by herself. She's smart. She knows. All by herself. Yeah. Reckless made the trips on her uh, on her own without any Marines, save for the occasional wounded one on her back, and they're not useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one trip, she even takes a or gets a flak jacket put on her, which is supposed to help you uh, not get hit, or like, if bullets hit you, it's like... It, you have a little padding, sure. so they probably don't hurt you as much. And she shielded four Marines to go up a mountain, mm-hmm. like, so that she, they, she can keep them safe. Yeah. One of the guys uh, who was in the war with her, Sergeant Harold Wadley, uh, was astonished to see a riderless horse. And he, <laughs> he has a quote that says, I looked back at the eastern skyline through all the smoke and swinging flare light and could hardly believe my eyes. Uh, surely an angel must have been riding her. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I'm like, this is the cutest shiz I've ever oh. heard in my life. Where is her movie? I know. This is like all of the emotion of Seabiscuit and all of like the <laughs> the war movie stuff that American cinema loves. Like, right. why isn't this a thing? Right. Please. Seems like an easy get movie. Oh, we're not even done, okay? Oh, my God. Um, so she's wounded twice. No. She gets hit uh, above her eye, so up here, and then in her left flank. No. Um, and she still continues to make trips back and forth like she's no problem. She's Doesn't so even brave. Care. Yep. She's so strong. <laughs> uh, 
and she was written about uh, in American um, magazine or uh, newspaper called the Saturday Evening Post, mm-hmm. and the public is obsessed with her. I mean, yeah. Um, She's got a ton of fans in America, so much so that they're lobbying the United States government that, like, when the war's over, they want her to come back. They're like, can you bring her back? I mean, they have to. Or, like, bring her to America, please? I mean, yeah. Please. They would have a mutiny, if like, from the boys. And, uh, yeah, hello. Uh, An executive from Pacific Transport Lines is so impressed with the story, and he says he'll transport her to San Francisco on one of his ships for free. That's like, very I don't nice. Care. Yeah. I love her. Um, and so they do. She comes back to America. And once she is, she lives in uh, Camp Pendleton and is treated like the hero that she is. She's not just the only horse to have ever made it to be a sergeant in the U.S. Marine Corps. She also <laughs> is awarded two Purple Hearts, a Marine Corps Good Conduct Medal, oh a God. Presidential <laughs> Unit Citation with Bronze Star, a National Defense Service Medal, oh a God. Korean Service Medal, oh the United Nations Korea Medal, a Navy Unit Commendation, Whoa. and a Republic of Korea Presidential Unit Citation. Whoa. So, yeah. Can you imagine? Whoa. You go to war with this horse, and it comes back a higher rank and with so many medals, and <laughs> yeah. you get, like, nothing. I mean, how many trips did you do bringing back injured people? Mm, Ted. Ted. Timothy. I mean, you did good work, Tedothy, but... <laughs> Albert. Mm. Hmm. You don't deserve it. She does. Uh, Can you eat poker chips? <laughs> Ted? Mm. Mm. Doubt it. Wash it down he with chokes, pure coke. He just chokes on it. Can you? Um, so she would wear all of these honors that she had on a horse blanket they made for her. Oh. Um, but the first one, apparently, when they presented it to her, she ate it. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to make a replica. Uh, uh, ma'am, like, please, sir. They, like, have sir. a big party for her. <laughs> she ate And it. she's like, ooh, pretty. And she starts eating it. <laughs> Ooh, pretty. I'm going to eat it. It's so funny. She also, like, ate, like, a whole cake, I think, and stuff. And I'm like, girl. (laughs) She's the best. I love her. Oh, my gosh. Um, So uh, there's a guy. I think it is. His name is Hutton. So he's, you know, learns about this. Uh, I think he was in the Korean War, but he wasn't, like, with her. Uh Uh-huh. and he didn't know anything about her, but he was, like, really into horses, too. So when he came back to America, he, like, heard about her, and he was like, what? Horse boy. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. And so uh, he served as the first chairman of the Kentucky Horse Park. Oh. Right? Like, that's how into horses he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he felt strongly that the park's International Museum of Horse— of the horse. Sorry. Of horse. Of horse. <laughs> museum of horse. Museum of horse. Welcome to Museum of Horse. <laughs> Many horse. But he wanted them to honor Sergeant Reckless as just being an awesome horse. Mm-hmm. So he put the idea to the park, and they're like, totally. Yeah. We need to do that. Um, so they decide that they're going to put up um, a statue of her. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Reckless statue. They pick out a, a knoll overlooking the park. Um and uh, they motivate them, or, like, they get motivated to raise funds necessary for the monument. Uh, apparently, there are already before that two statues of Sergeant Reckless in America. Uh-huh. Uh, there's one in the National Museum of Marine Corps in Quantico, Virginia. Oh, wow. Wow, there's a statue of her in Quantico? Quantico. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and the other is in Camp Pendleton, where she, <laughs> where she lived when she got here. Um, oh, my gosh. Wow. And so just like in the Saturday Evening Post, 
when they posted that article about her and everyone got obsessed with her, Hutton writes a book about her mm-hmm. in like 2016, I think. Oh, okay. And then people are again obsessed with her. Yeah. I still had never heard of her. Yeah. But then people get really excited. So they get enough money um, for the statue. And um, not only do like a whole bunch of, you know, civilians get excited, but a whole bunch of like veterans get excited, right? Oh, cute. And um, some of them were uh, like the executives at UPS. And they were former Marines, Mm -hmm. and they were so into it that they contacted him and were like, hey, can we help at all um, with what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And uh, my quote says, so history repeated itself as the UPS uh, executives agreed to transport the reckless statue from Colorado to Kentucky for free, just as the real reckless rode across the Pacific Ocean free on the Pacific transport lines. Cute. And I'm like, this is, why isn't this a movie right now? <laughs> why? This is so beautiful. Like, can you, and then she, like, she dies and you think the movie's over and then they erect the two other statues and this guy learns about her and it's like, oh my gosh, I got put a statue over here. Yeah. And then they do this again and you show it, like, side by side of the transportation and it's just amazing. Yeah, and you can wring out even more tears and everyone. Come is, on! Everyone's crying. Mm-hmm. Was Maybe maybe the box office was just too saturated with horse movies, but I feel like we're we're ready. You yeah, know? we need a new good horse movie. We're ready. We're ready. Um, hopefully, because of its book, maybe people will think about a horse movie. Yeah, that's pretty recent. Yeah, um, and Hutton said uh, she was she wasn't a horse; she was a marine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, and most of my information from that came from an article called The Story of Sergeant Reckless, Korean War Horse Served with Valor, which is by David Hill. She's amazing. She's a Marine. I salute you. We saluted her. Yeah, we saluted her. <laughs> Visual gag. So there you go. That's uh, Those are my animals from the wars. <laughs> Incredible. Right? It's pretty good. Oh, my gosh. I had a few others that I, like, put aside to a different, um, different script for a different time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, cute. I but once I started reading about Sergeant Reckless, I'm like, no, she's got to be the main. She's the business. <laughs> she's the main. She's the main mayor. The main squeeze. Share mm-hmm. uh, Sh- me and Sergeant Reckless are the business. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. <laughs> also, I can't get over King Neptune. <laughs> it's just a pig. Just a pig. Just a pig. And they're like, no. I want to donate $19 million to <laughs> no, that No, he's pig. a handsome pig. <laughs> he's America's pig. He's America's pig. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What? So there's some that didn't work and some that did work. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was that like one animal per war? I don't think so. Uh, no, we had two for World War II. Yeah, I was going to say okay. the bats were from World War II. Okay. And I think the bees were from World War One and the Vietnam War. Oh, I forgot so. about the bees. The yeah. bees. But also in Vietnam. So yeah. we did World War One. We did World War Two. We did Vietnam. We did uh, Korea. Mm-hmm. So many wars. <laughs> so many wars. So many. So many animals helping us out. <laughs> so little time. <laughs> and obviously wars aren't very funny generally. So I thought this would be a nice way to talk about some of the goofier stuff. Because once again, you'd years. never see a thousand pigeons flying in a World War One movie. Hmm? No, you do not. No, <laughs> I would love not to, enough. I would love to see that short war film of uh, <laughs> uh, the the heroic pigeon just ascending into the sky. It's incredible. No, he's alive. <gasps> 
He's alive! And, Go! And when you watch movies about World War II, you never see them making money with pigs, and they no. should. Or testing out bat bombs that don't work, and they should. They do so much weird testing. They do. World, World War II, II is insane. I was actually surprised how many of these were not from World War II. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, they just, people kind of lose their mind. It's cray cray. They're like, we have the science to just be really irresponsible. Let's just try everything. <laughs> we can be the sci-fi books that our parents warned us not to read. <laughs> let's do it. Let's just do it. Yeah. What can we, let's just do it. What could go wrong? And then his car's on fire. <laughs> the general's car's on fire. <laughs> oh, God. General's car's on fire. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Hysterical History. Hope you enjoyed today's furry time. Funny furry time. Yeah. Be, uh, be a furry today. No, 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 no. I mean, Only if you want to, but you, don't encourage people you, who don't want to. want to. Um, you can email us, hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. That's where the emails go. You can like us on the Facebook. We've been getting a lot of likes on Facebook. Hi, new people from Facebook. Hi, people. Where, where you come from? Yeah, and tell us where you found this podcast when you email us, please. We would love to know. Also, yeah. when you email us, please tell us your pronouns so we get you good and right. Yep. Instead of me having to guess. And, you know, as long as you don't mind, I'll guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I like to not yeah. guess. If you don't care, then, like, you know. We're, yeah, whatever. We don't care either. It's fine. <laughs> like, somebody asked what they're, what, they're, like, what's your preferred pronoun? And they're like, ew. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, if you really don't care. <laughs> Gosh, why? <sighs> um, yeah. But thanks for listening today. We hope you enjoyed. And uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye. Nay. <laughs> the never-ending story. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we got to get you help. Bye. Bye. Bye.